0: all right guys welcome back to the business shift podcast i am very excited for who we've got coming on this show today we've got solomon who has been in real a real estate investor for over 25 years now lots of experience there can't wait to get his opinions and perspectives on what it means to be a solopreneur versus a business owner chat about real estate chat about business and all the good things so let's go ahead and cue that intro and then we'll bring him on Welcome to The Business Shift, the podcast for online entrepreneurs who are focused on making the shift to business owners. We talk about what it takes to build and grow a thriving digital empire and the transition required as you grow. This is a shift I chose to make in my own business, your client success, and one you'll want to consider making as you grow from solopreneur to business owner. Please share and enjoy. Solomon, welcome to the show.
1: Oh, thank you, Elena. Glad to be here.
0: <laughs> yes. I am super excited to get some insights from you and just have a good conversation. So I appreciate you joining me. Um, and let's jump, let's jump right in. My first question, first question that I always ask on every podcast is do you think that there's a difference between being a solopreneur and a business owner? And if so, what is that difference?
1: Yeah, thank great question. And yes, absolutely. For, for me, what I've sort of noticed the difference between a solopreneur and a business owner um, is a solopreneur doesn't realize that they need to hire. Um, I think the biggest thing that they sort of forget is that, oh, I, I got to do everything. Uh, I got to do my books. I got to do this. I got to do, I don't know, uh, just you name it. It's like um, the tasks are endless for the solopreneur. But the business yeah. owner realizes, okay, my books, I got to get a bookkeeper my books, I got to, or uh, my accounting, I got to get a CPA, my, right. you know, creating a corporation, creating just all the things that sort of like we don't realize that are bogging me down as a solopreneur from being able to ser- give give my most uh, time towards the things that can scale my business versus spending time, literally spending hours doing my books and calculating the numbers where I can give it to a bookkeeper and it's, all taken care of or hiring an assistant to do a few things day in and day out where I don't need to worry about it. So I think in a nutshell, it'd be solopreneur doesn't realize that they need to sort of uh, delegate some of the stuff to other people.
0: Right. Okay. I love that. And so you mentioned uh, business owners spending the time on doing tasks that are going to move the business forward. And instead of just like the day to day repeating of delivery to clients, marketing, et cetera. So, what would you say are some of those tasks that you think are important to move the business forward as a whole to pay attention to as you become a business owner?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's what So it's what drives the dollar, right? What drives money coming into the business? I think what happens to a lot of, um, you know, I see it with a lot of my friends that are solopreneurs that are starting their like coaching business or starting their real estate business is they keep focusing on like, okay, uh, I got to put myself out there. I got to make marketing and I got to create this PDF and I got to create this thing. And it's like, cool. Does the PDF bring you money or (laughs) is it just something that you're spending time on? And so it's um, it's it's what is what is the thing that's going to bring in the next sort of like, oh, I'm a coach. So cool. When's when the next client? How do you get the next client to come in? It's not the PDF. It's not the website. Right. It's the putting yourself out there and telling people consistently like, hey, I'm a coach and finding ways to get more people to hear you that you're a coach in essence.
0: Right. Okay. I love that. So, did you start your business as a business owner, as a solopreneur? What did that look like for you?
1: Yeah. So my sort of story is a little different in a sense of like I came in with it. In um, I grew up with my family owning real estate, and so yeah. when I graduated college, um, my f- uncles were like, um, "Hey, you got to go start managing your properties yourself, right?" Yeah. And so I started as as a man in management. And I didn't really like real estate when I first got into it. Um, it's only happened in the past. Because um, it was sort of one of those things where I was told I had to do it. It wasn't a choice. Uh, yeah. Right? It's like, yep. I don't know why that happens. It's like, it until does you choose though. it. Right? It's so funny. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So, I'd say I've been a, a, a solopreneur of you know coaching and sort of running my own uh different trying to figure different things out before I fully committed to real estate yeah and uh yeah so
0: that's awesome. Yeah. That's so interesting that you say the things that we're told to do, we often don't want to do them. I, you said that. And I thought of a whole list of like all the things that I was told to do when I was younger. And I'm like, no, 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 no. And so right. I, I relate on that end. So that makes sense to me. Um, so what, what does your business look like now and what's been, been the focus of it these last couple of years or however long you've had it for as you've built it?
1: Yeah, so right now my main focus in my real estate world is to find investments, right? To find right. deals that work to, uh, you know, continue adding uh, value to the portfolio that we have. And the other thing that I'm also focusing on, and this is sort of a new sort of concept that I'm playing with, is the idea behind a lot of a lot of my friends, like in the community come to me and like, Hey, Solomon, you're a real estate investor. I have some money sitting, but I don't know what to do with it. Right. Uh, And so the sort of concept that I'm sort of playing with right now is cool. How do I support sort of people that don't have, you know, the millions of dollars, but they have like, you know, 50,000 or 75,000 and they're willing to part with, you know, half of it. How do I support them in finding deals or maybe finding a group of people to lump some like 250,000 and buying a deal together? So um, yeah, yeah. That's been a, that's been a concept that I've been sort of ruminating with that. You know, is that going to work? Would that work with the community that I'm in?
0: Right. And so you're, so right now the business is solely focused on finding investments. Do you do any kind of coaching at all? Is this kind this new kind of thing? Is that, would that lie on the side of coaching? Or do you have anything else that you're running at the time? Or is it solely focused on real estate right now? It's uh,
1: solely, well, there, there's many things that I've sort of been working on, but I've sort yeah. of phased those out. Like I was, I was going to create a platform, a tech platform yeah. uh, focused on people who want to sort of share this kind of knowledge, uh, but decided right. not to do it. And um, I, I'm no, I was a president of a nonprofit that I'm no longer and sort of running the business side of that. And I have done coaching, real estate yeah. coaching. Um, and I'm open to doing some coaching, but I'd say my main focus right now is wanting to sort of like support people in uh well finding more deals for myself with uh in different asset classes. Yeah. And helping people sort of like those people that are like, hey, I got some money, but I don't know what to do with it.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. Like how can I take that and use that and get some cash flow from that essentially?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Very
0: cool. Okay, awesome. Yeah. So why did you decide to get into business and why was that a route that you decided to go because you you probably know and I know that business is not easy. <laughs> no.
1: It's not. Why did I so I guess I guess coming from uh sort of like my so I I I'm Persian uh, raised Jewish mm-hmm. and in that background there's a lot of sort of talk about um oh Uh, you either become a lawyer, a businessman or a doctor, right? It's like, there's no other outside Mm -hmm. uh, play in that world. And so, and it's always finding a way to be your own business person. That was always sort of like a conversation that was bred into us. It was never, the conversation was never, Oh, get, go get a job. The conversation was always like, what business are you starting? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: What there was always that talk. So for me it's always been in my brain in my head that like yeah you sh- i don't get a job like no a job you don't get a job you find you find something that can generate wealth and you continue generating that wealth somehow and right. so for me it's always been in my brain of like okay if i become a like real estate agent which i did that um great how do i then find good deals for myself while i am a real estate agent yeah right, right. yeah
0: right Mm, Okay. I like that perspective. So you said that you had started a bunch of things and then had some of those things phase out. Um, When did you know that it was the time to phase out of those things? Cause I talked to, I I talked to a lot of people that go, ah, like things aren't working. Does this mean that I need to, to pursue a different path? Does this mean that I need to keep just grinding and hope that it works? How did you know when it came time to phase out of those things, that it was the right move for where you wanted to go, the goals that you wanted to hit, et cetera.
1: That's a great question. Wow, uh, <laughs> I know
0: we're getting deep here, <laughs> right? We are. I mean,
1: I, I, I sort of I trust my gut. I go to my gut. Um, a lot of the time, like this, pro, this one project that I recently phased out, um, I told myself that it's got to be a minimal viable product, yeah. And I don't want to spend. It's got to be less than a year for me to spend. Time into it to see if I actually if it's something that's going to be viable, right? And so I spent 20k, and I'm at I think I stopped it about last month, so I was at eight months, yeah. And it was sort of the timing, right? So for me, I think it's really important to give yourself so um, sort of like time marks and tell yourself, Mm -hmm. okay, if in six months, like I'm not where I've sort of told myself, I need to reevaluate, like I need to pivot. Right. Yeah. We, you know, we hear the term pivoting in companies, right. It's really important to, instead of just being like, Oh, I'm just going to go like the head straight and see what happens. And right. Like really setting markers of like, okay, in six months, I want to see this. And if not, I need to reevaluate. Yeah. I'd say that's the important part. Um, Really, really telling yourself what the mark is and if the mark that you didn't hit the mark, then reevaluating, whether do you do stop it, or do you reevaluate for another six months sort of thing.
0: I like that. Um, and it makes it so then you commit to it long enough to where you don't quit early, but you also can realistically go, okay, like I've hit the like I've seen the goals. I don't want to continue to pursue this anymore. Right. Yeah. And did that kind of make oh. it so then you didn't feel um like you were quitting? Because I think a lot of people have this idea of like, oh, I, I'm somebody who doesn't quit. Like I don't quit. That's not what I do. And so then I look at people who are businesses that they don't like or they live in places that they don't like, and you're like, why are you still doing that? Why are you still here? And they go, "Well, because I don't quit." Um, right. ha- how would you recommend handling that? Do you think that the dates, like setting dates, is a part of that?
1: Yeah, I would say setting the date is a part of that, and I would say become good at failing. Mm. I think I think that's the one one of the biggest things I think. in, I don't know if it's this is a Western or a U.S. cultural thing, but I think yeah. we we've 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 told ourselves that failing is bad. Yeah. Right. And I mean, I don't know how many times people have to hear the story of, but who's it? Benjamin Franklin. What? Who's the guy that created the light bulb? Thomas ball, right? Edison. Yeah. Thomas Edison. Thank you. 10,000 times. Right. Like, Right. like we need to hear that story or that idea or that concept of like fail fast. Like the yeah. faster you fail, the more, the more quicker you can get up and learn from that lesson and then move on to the next project. Right. I, I can honestly say that I've probably spent, half a million dollars and it's probably been spread out with probably six projects that have completely failed mm. and I'm I'm better off because of it and I've learned because of it so right I don't I don't think that you quitting something is is analogous to you being a failure it's right. you learning that's that's what we're here to do we're just learning you know
0: yeah so yeah. how do you learn how to fail? <laughs>
1: Yeah, that's a good question. How do you learn how to I think the first I think, uh, for me, I think the thing is to really get a good grasp of uh, psychologically and emotionally, knowing that inherently, if something doesn't work, it's not a representation of you personally. Right? Letting go of the idea that it's, I'm a failure, I did something wrong. No, you, you're just growing. That's all you're doing. You're like a little kid who played with a little toy. And the toy hit their leg, and now they're crying. Yeah, great. So the pain's going to go away. So learning to be okay with that—it's not about you. That's—I think that's the most important mm-hmm. thing you can start with. Um, and then I'd say the next sort of like sort of—I don't know—maybe few things would be uh, learning when to let go, which is again yeah. the timeline thing, right? Being like, okay, six months, cool. If it doesn't work, moving on to the next project or. Okay, give myself six months. Oh, cool. I I made it around 70, 60, 70. Cool. I'm gonna keep going. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and there's a life cycle to everything, right? Um, I think the other thing that we see in the US or you know, Western culture is the idea of growth, 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 growth. Yeah. It's like you can't, just like our emotions ebb and flow, you can't constantly have growth, right? Mm-hmm. You grow, you plateau, you grow, you plateau.
0: Hmm. Interesting. That, that's a really interesting way to put it because I've often perceived it from the perspective of like grow 1% better each day, like get 1% better each day, that type of thing. But I never thought about it from the perspective of just like, you know, being happy all the time is unrealistic because without yeah. like the side of it as of sadness, like happiness can't exist. It's, I think it's also kind of that same way with growth in terms of like without like, there's gotta be, there's gotta be times that there's not growth, but would you say that, that then that's you dying or what are the times when you're not growing? Like what's happening then?
1: Right. So, okay. So I guess you're all in essence. Yeah, you're right. In essence, you're all, you are always growing, right? There's time is always passing by, right? Yeah. I, I think the, the, the thing to look at is, are you constantly looking at tomorrow? Mm. Right. If you're constantly looking at tomorrow, you're not really living today. Right. Right. So there's there's a time to look at tomorrow and there's a time to be in the present. I think that a lot of people are constantly reaching out their arms for the future and they're Mm -hmm. not really looking at the present moment of what do they have in their life? What are they working with? How are they living? And so I think that's really important to be like, instead of me constantly reaching for tomorrow and reaching for the next thing, it's like, cool, let me take a minute. Let me yeah. take a weekend and just enjoy this here now. And then yeah. Monday, come Monday, cool. Okay, I'm going to fish for more. And then maybe you now you take Friday, Saturday and Sunday and you sort of chill out. Right. And then you fish for more. Or maybe like you do a sprint and for a month you're just like gung-ho running for it. But then you give yourself four days after that month kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah. How do you know when it's it's a, a time to go and time to to back off a little bit and just be?
1: yeah uh i would say if it's sort of the if you're someone who's uh if you're back backed off to like uh what's the word it's like
0: laid back too much or a little ex- bit too ex- passive correct
1: correct then it's time for you to like really rev the engine and start doing your best to like get some momentum if you see like you are 100 mile an hour drinking coffee every day and you're just like i gotta go i gotta go i gotta go <laughs> You got to press on the brake a little bit. Take a little breath. You yeah. know, take a easy. <laughs> yeah.
0: Do you yeah. find that in your life, there's a mode that you tend to live in more than the other one? Do you tend to be more passive or more like aggressive, like gung-ho? Do you find that you live in one over the other? Or is it kind of like a split between the both?
1: I am more of the like laid back. Yeah. Uh, and then I do sprints. I like mm-hmm. the sprints. I'll all of a sudden get excited about something and then I'll sprint. Like I'll, for a, like this project, I probably was working with it for easily six months. And yeah. I probably was averaging maybe probably eight hour days on the project. Yeah. Um, taking Saturdays and Sundays off, but eight hour days. And so for me, I like those intensity. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I, now that I'm not in that project anymore, I'm sort of like laid back. I'm like, right. when it comes to the real estate world, it's sort of like, I'm ramping up again in the real estate world, but right now it's sort of like maybe two to three hours a day do I do in real estate.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so then how else do you fill your time when you are not sprinting? And if the real estate's kind of like ramping up and it's like, oh, two, three hours a day there, what else do you do with your time?
1: Yeah. uh, Exercise. I I exercise, I hang out with uh, my current, uh, you know, the person that I'm sort of like uh, splitting up with, but we're still yeah. friends we're staying friends I you know talk to friends family uh, yeah. I do I do so I would I would say it's it's less of a push it's more of a laid back like I'll do research like right. I'll read articles I'll right. I'll read books I'll, I'll sort of educate myself um, yeah. so there's always education happening um, yeah. but it's less of a like Go, 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 time, go, go, fast, 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 right? Yeah.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. That makes sense for sure. So, yeah. what would you say is probably the biggest challenge that you have now as a business owner? And how are you actively working to move past that challenge or move through that challenge?
1: Yeah. I, well, when it comes as a real estate investor, it's what's a good deal. I think that's yeah. the biggest challenge is like finding a really good deal and knowing that yeah. this is the deal and investing in the deal. Uh, and I'd say, you know, lack of resources, right? Lack of money, lack, mm-hmm. lack of enough money to buy enough deals. And so mm-hmm. having uh, a certain amount to spend on. And so right now I'm like, okay, I got this much money. All right, I got to find deals that are very lucrative. And and so having, if it'd be amazing if I had an abundance of money to be able to spend on deals and write all the deals. And yeah. so I think that's, that's the thing right now is finding the good deal.
0: Yeah. Where would you recommend somebody starts if they're looking to get into that real estate world?
1: Yeah, I would say, so there's this website called Mm. biggerpockets.com. I think they've done, it's sort of like, think about it like a social media for real estate investors. I think that's a great, great place to start with. I think they've done Mm. an amazing job of, uh, you know, it's, and it's just always realized like, any information that you get, you need to do your own due diligence. Don't go in there being right. like, oh, somebody told me about bigger pockets." Oh, I'm <laughs> going to invest in the first deal I see. No, no, no. That's no, good.
0: No. Not good. No,
1: no, not good. Not good. Uh, so, yeah, I'd say that's a great place to start. I think they've done a really good job of supporting uh, newly investors. And there's a lot of people sharing free information on that platform.
0: Yeah, I love that. That's great. I have never heard of that before, um, but that's helpful as well. Um, So you mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you uh, business between a difference between solopreneur and business owner is that understanding that need to hire. Have you ever hired before in any of your businesses or do you have a current team or what does that look like for you?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I currently have a uh, person that is I call them a consultant. They look for deals for me. Um, I have a bookkeeper, a CPA, uh, you know, trades people that I need for my projects, like, you know, plumber, just all the things that real estate people need. Uh, So I'm basically doing all the higher level things, right? Like looking at the deals, analyzing the numbers, like uh, running the business the day to day. So I'm not going in there and like, I have a Uh, duplex so I'm not going in there fixing my tenants toilets right
0: right Um,
1: which I know a lot of investors who have like properties they do that yeah Yeah. and I'm like cool so you're a solopreneur right right you're not you're like the next level is like cool I just manage the property and I have other people doing everything
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah, That makes sense. That's very cool. So how did you go about that first hire? I know a lot of people are really nervous when starting to outsource their business, especially if they've been a solopreneur for a long time, because they're like, oh, the control, like I, I'm the best one to do it. Like nobody else can do it as good as me. How did you get past that and move through that? If, if that was a struggle for you?
1: It was. I, I, yeah, I think it is a struggle because I, because I do hear people when, when they're like, yeah, I can't, I can't, I don't trust anybody. I can't have anybody else do this thing that I do. And I totally get that. And I think that just, it comes with practice. I think letting go of something, start with something small. I would encourage someone, anyone who wants to sort of hire somebody, start with something small that you're not worried about it sort of messing up, right? Like, yeah. I, I don't know an example, but I would say maybe writing something like start start hiring someone to write something for you or start hiring someone that can, I don't know, maybe help you with a website or you know, something small that you're not afraid of uh, anything happening. Yeah. And then you learn, you go from there, because I've hired a lot of people that I was like, wow, holy shit, I you're fired, right? Like <laughs> I fired people as well, because yeah. they didn't uh, they didn't work out. Yeah. and it's it's no no bad words to them it's just the, you know our relationship didn't work yeah, right
0: just wasn't a good fit
1: exactly so I, I think starting with something small and and knowing that you might not get it right the first few times yeah uh, but knowing and also having the the vision that there is someone out there that can actually do the job better than you mm. that 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 i'm not saying what you do better but some of the the tasks that you do they probably can do it 10 times better than you can Mm. you just need to know you just need to know all the steps of how to do it and then have it outlined and then be like this is what i want you to do and then do it once and then come back to me let's see you did it right so it's you're you're become a teacher right you basically become a teacher
0: Mm, I like that planning and and seeing the vision that there are people who, who will be able to do it like the way that you want them to do it. And you can train them for that. And they can be just as good and deliver just as good value to your clients as you can.
1: Absolutely. Mm, Absolutely.
0: That's awesome. All right. Well, this has been a pleasure so far. My last question to you is, Looking back now, what advice would you give to somebody who is wanting to make that transition? They're they they are hardcore solopreneur and they're like, "Okay, I I I want to go in the direction of being a business owner. What would be those first action steps that you would give them to take in order to make that transition?"
1: Yeah. Uh, okay, so the 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 whole cuz it it's it's included with the hiring someone, <laughs> right? So you, what, you ne- what you're What you going to have to do is you're going to have to sort of press... Uh, pr- this is going to be challenging in some ways because you're going to have to press the brake on movement in your like, or your growth of your business because what's going to happen is you're going to have to start looking at your business as sort of like the bird's eye view and be like, what parts could I actually hire someone? But mm-hmm. then it's going to take time for you to train people so all the things that you were doing for a little bit of time is going to slow down, Mm -hmm. right? Because you're all of a sudden not paying attention to those things. But what you're doing is you're giving space to those things for a little bit of time. But then when those hires come in, then your business is gonna sort of exponentially grow because you're focused on the main aspects of the business and those other people are focused on the things that you were doing before. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. Thank you so, so much. It's been an absolute pleasure. Is there anything else you want to add before we go ahead and cue the outro?
1: No, just trust and go out there and become a business owner. It's worth it. (laughs)
0: Awesome. Thank you so, so much. I truly appreciate your time. Um, And let's go ahead and cue that outro. Thanks for listening to The Business Shift, where we chat about no-nonsense insights and strategies to help you transform your online business into a successful empire. If you or someone you know is an online business owner and are looking to increase the retention and ascension of their programs and outsource their fulfillment, I would love to connect. You can connect with us at yourclientsuccess.com. Until next time, keep shifting your business towards success.